0: It's my great pleasure to have on the line with me Dr Patricia Rinald from AFTINET, the Australian Fair Trade Investment Network. Thanks for joining us, Patricia. A pleasure. So early in the week, many anti-TPP activists around the world were cautiously celebrating the trade deal in doubt uh, following its defeat, or initial defeat in the UNS Senate, of uh, the proposed uh, fast-track bill. Perhaps just to start off with, uh, Patricia, if you wouldn't mind just telling us, what, you know, what is the fast-track bill and uh, why is there such a rush at this particular moment to get it through?
1: Well, the US Congress has the constitutional right to amend trade agreements after they've been signed by the executive in the US. And the fast-track bill um, is a bill which it's special legislation where they give up that right. And fast-track means that it basically gets rushed more quickly through Congress and they can only vote yes or no. Now, uh, that is quite a sacrifice for Congress to make and usually it's quite difficult for the executive to get those sorts of bills through. And in the case of the TPP, there's been a huge movement from social movements in the US, unions, civil society groups, environment groups, etc., to say to Congress, no, we don't want you to rush this through um, because it contains a lot of things which would restrain the right of US governments to do good things in the future, like have cheaper medicines, um, have better um, rules about copyright on the internet. And above all, it also contains this right, special right of foreign investors to sue governments for damages If a change in law or policy, they can argue that it harms their investment. And these cases take place in foreign tribunals. So ordinary people in the US are worried about the same issues in the TPP as other countries, people in other countries like Australia are. They fear that it will restrain governments from being able to do good things in the future and that it could result in uh, progressive legislation policy being um, challenged through foreign investors suing governments over that legislation, sure. just as the Philip Morris Company is trying to sue the Australian government um, in um, a foreign tribunal at the moment over plain packaging legislation.
0: Sure. So the,
1: the, the time constraint comes about because the US is about to enter into the presidential election race and uh, public opinion polls show that the um, TPP is very unpopular in the US and so neither candidate wants it to be an issue. So what what they're trying to do is either get, get it over and done with, done and dusted or if it's not done and dusted by about the end of June then um, it will probably lapse until Uh, in terms of the US Congress until the um, presidential election is over, which is effectively beginning of 2017. So there is a big push on to push it through both houses of Congress. Um, A procedural motion to get it debated failed in the US Senate last week. Uh, we understand that they're regrouping and that a, another procedural motion has been passed in the Senate, that it will be debated in the Senate. But the big obstacle is really in the House of Representatives, uh, which is the um, key legislative body in the US as it is isn't here. And the, um, there's huge democratic opposition to it in the House of Representatives, and there's also a big block of Republicans who are opposed to it for different reasons. So um, our colleagues in the US in the fair trade movement estimate that it won't get through the hoops in the House of Representatives in the next week, um, which is the first deadline they have to meet before the TPP ministers meet uh, in Guam in, um, on March 26. Sorry, May 26.
0: Yeah, so that next round of negotiations, what they're... Well, no,
1: it's a TPP ministers' meeting. There's actually negotiations going on this week, but they can't finalise anything because Fast Track hasn't been passed. A number of countries like Canada and Japan and Malaysia have said they won't finalise the deal until Fast Track is passed because without Fast Track, the US can't really guarantee that anything they agree to will get through the Congress. So if it doesn't... Um, get through both houses this week, uh, the TPP ministers who meet on um, May 26th won't be able to make a final deal.
0: So Andrew Robb, the uh, Australian Trade Minister, this morning uh, on ABC said uh, every month that goes past... Th- uh, more the chance of this issue becoming politicised in the United States. So that sounds to me kind of uh, like code uh, for for something. Um, you talked to us about that and obviously the... Uh you know, we actually we had uh, Margaret Flowers, who's a, a prominent, uh, I think, flushed the TPP campaigner on our program uh, a few months ago, and you know, getting a bit of a gauge from her of the level of dissent over there amongst the general community, um, it didn't seem like that was uh, particularly in focus at the moment, but it has come into focus, and this is what Andrew Robb Definitely. is concerned about.
1: I mean, the reason that it was rejected in the Senate was because hundreds of thousands of people were ringing their senators and saying, "Don't support this." Don't support fast-track. Don't just push it through. Um, And if you look at um, the presidential race, the main Democratic candidate, Hillary Clinton, has refused to endorse the TPP. She will only make vague statements saying, you know, any trade agreement has to be good for workers, it has to not raise the price of medicines, etc., etc., which is an implied criticism of the TPP. So she's not willing to come out in favour of it because she knows it's very unpopular. And as I said, the democratic um, side of, uh, sorry, the Republican side of politics is also um, very divided about it. So it already is politicised, and there's um, very strong public opinion polling which shows that it's, as people have become more aware of it, it's become more. Um, there's more opposition to it, and it's also because US, um, the US. Population in general has had the experience of the North American Free Trade Agreement, yeah. um, which has not been popular. That's that's been in force for um, since two thousand and four, uh, sorry, nineteen ninety four. Um, so it's you know twenty years since NAFTA has been in force, and all sorts of benefits were promised from that, and they haven't emerged. And in fact, there's been Um, a lot of jobs that have moved offshore as a result of NAFTA or just disappeared um, in terms of employment and there's also been the experience of um, foreign investors suing governments I must say that the Canadian government has had more experience of this with US companies suing them, but there have also been some Canadian companies that have sued the US government over health and environmental legislation. Just on so that uh, sovereignty, there's, there's all that experience there.
0: Yeah, just on that sovereignty issue, uh, note that uh, senior parliamentarians from five countries have. have uh, Put forward this open letter uh, urging their political leaders so these are you know, some current politicians some uh, ex uh, parliamentarians uh, urging their leaders to you know protect the you know nation sovereignty from the United States process of certification so I mean that talks obviously there's uh, you know dissent starting to uh, push forward in, in a united way uh, internationally as well
1: yes well there have been a number of uh, international um, letters signed by legislatures, actually, because the TPP negotiations have been on, going on for six years now. This is the sixth year. Um, but um, a previous one, for instance, was signed by a lot of legislators against this right of investors to, to foreign investors to sue governments. But this particular letter is about, as you mentioned, the certification process. And this is governments other than the US government... Um, or legislators from governments other than the US government who are particularly concerned about this process which, again, the US Congress reserves the right even after a trade agreement has has been signed um, and after other governments have passed legislation which is supposed to implement the agreement they reserve the right to examine that legislation and to check whether they think it is really what the United States wanted in terms of the agreement. And there have been examples. There was one in Australia with the US-Australia Free Trade Agreement where the US Congress um, will urge the US government to go back and say, well, we don't think that legislation that you passed, in this case in 2004 with the US-Australia Free Trade Agreement with legislation on copyright, they said, we don't think that's strict enough about extending copyright in favour of copyright holders and we want some more changes to your legislation. And um, there's, a, there's a link to the case study of the, uh, that Australian experience um, in the uh, joint letter which shows that um, the, this did happen in Australia in 2004 um, the, the US government went back to the Howard government then and said, well, this legislation you've passed, we don't think it's good enough. We want more, you know, stronger legislation to favour copyright holders. And the Howard and, and if, you, if you don't do it, we won't finally ratify the agreement. And so the Howard government did go back to our parliament and get some changes to the legislation. So it's a way of the US having a second bite at the cherry after you think all the negotiations are over and um, the legislation's being passed, they reserve that right to um, ask for further changes. And the legislators are saying, we think that is an attack on our legislative sovereignty and we want our governments to say to the US, you shouldn't have this certification right, you should, you should give that up in terms of your congressional processes. In other words, we're rejecting um, that process. Uh, Dr Renault, it's uh, Caroline Smith here also from Indie Media. Um, hi. Just, hi. Um, just speaking of the politicisation um, that you mention in the United States, to what extent do you think there's any potential for... Um, I suppose, real opposition to this, even if it does go through. I mean, you've mentioned, for example, unions really um, being quite angry about this as well. I mean, if this goes through, is that really the end of it and it will just be a matter of people sort of grumbling about it going through? Or is there? do you think that there's a fear that there will actually be strong opposition um, if it is pushed through in time? Um, and then also I was going to ask you um, whether you feel the level of politicisation in Australia is also...
0: Um, up to that point as it is in the United States, and what do you think could happen if it gets passed here?
1: Well, I think that what has happened in the United States, because they do have this fast-track process to vote on, that has kind of concentrated people's minds. So even people who might not have, you know, an absolute opposition to the TPP, they're all saying, we want to see what's in it first, (laughs) and we don't want it rushed through Congress with only a yes or no vote. We want to have a proper examination of it. And then there are people who are actually uh, opposed to a lot of the proposals that are in the TPP itself. So because they have that sort of two-stage process of having to vote on fast track before they actually vote or discuss the agreement itself or even see the full text, um, that means that there's been an opportunity for people to focus on that and for the campaign to focus on that. And that's why I think when people really look at it, um, there's so much um, opposition being able to grow. It's really kind of grown uh, very fast in the last six months since the Fast Track bill has been on the agenda. Um, In Australia, it's been a slower process because um, here we don't have the parliamentary process until right at the end. we have been building a campaign since the negotiations began in 2010. And if you look at things like the media coverage that we've had over the last 12 months, it has finally broken through into the media. There's been a lot of social media. Um, GetUp, for instance, has taken it up as an issue and they've got, you know, a mailing list of 700,000 people. Um, but we've actually broken through into the Fairfax press. Uh, which is the Sydney Morning Herald, The Age and the Canberra Times. There's been mainstream media like the 7.30 Report and Late Line have done critical examinations of the TPP. There's been a lot more discussion on uh, ABC Radio, SBS. Um, it's still very hard to break into the tabloid press with this sort of issue because it's a complex issue. Uh, but um, I think that the campaign is now building here If they do reach agreement, and if our government signs it, um, we won't see the text until after it's signed. And the process here is, after it's signed, it becomes public, and then it's examined by Parliament, but Parliament can't change the text. They can only vote on the implementing legislation. Now, if that happens, once we see the text, what's really in it, um, there will be a stepping up of the campaign, and the aim of that campaign will be to get, in our case the Senate, where the government doesn't have a majority, to vote against the implementing legislation. Now that's very difficult to achieve because what they have to do is vote down the whole agreement by voting against the implementing legislation. They don't get to vote on or amend the text of the agreement. Um, But there are a whole lot of things that are in the agreement that, that, that aren't in the implementing legislation. The implementing legislation only deals with laws that have to be changed immediately. But, for example, this right of investors to sue governments doesn't require legislation, it's just in the text. So if you want to get rid of that, you have to vote against the whole agreement. And we're certainly going to be campaigning for that. And um, next week we hope that there will be um, some parliamentary activity which will demonstrate that there is some cross-party Uh, Concern and opposition um, around the um, issues that I've outlined in the TPP, particularly the secrecy, um, the access to medicines, the issues around copyright and the right of investors to sue governments. So um, there will be a big um, campaign to influence the politicians and particularly influence the Senate to vote against the implementing legislation. And that will take place um, over the next three to four months during that process.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Dr. Ronald, you uh, have been a, a tremendous champion of this issue for a long time. Uh, we, uh, I think, have some pride here that we have actually been covering this issue long before the mainstream got anywhere near it. So, uh, on our yes, little radio show <laughs> but uh, it's good to see as you say get up and some other organizations getting involved and hopefully our mate uh, bill heffernan will uh, who's probably been the most prominent uh, spokesperson apart from yourself uh, uh will get up and make some noise about it as well so
1: well he's certainly calling for release of the text before it's signed yeah yes and that's a voice from the government benches
0: yeah all right well thank you very much for joining us and uh We'll speak again. Uh, this is uh, obviously something that's going to be battled for for a while yet. So thanks,
1: thanks. Okay, thank you.